0: get ready for a dramatic experience, London Randolph as Hattie Neblet. And she said that she's just grateful to be able to portray somebody's life like this and grateful to be here. So we're grateful to have you here.
1: My husband and I, we, we never had any children I never gave birth to them anyway. You see, when I was a young girl, I had an operation that left me unable to. That sure was a hard hill to get over. And my desire to share this world with precious children, to show them how beautiful they are and how high they could soar, that never left me. I guess that's what brings me here today. Forgive me. I know y'all don't know me from a pot on the stove. I'm Hattie. But if you let the building on the corners of West 5th and Elm Streets tell you, I'm <clears throat> Hattie L. Neblett. I was born in Georgia in 1903, and my beloved Reginald was born in Clarksville, Tennessee in 1900. My Reginald, he sure was quite the man. You know, he earned his medical degree from a hairy medical college down in Nashville, Tennessee. Shortly after that, we were married. Four years later, we found ourselves here in Orangeboro, Kentucky, a place that we cherished very, very much. You know, my Reginald, he was the first doctor, the first Negro doctor to join the Davis County Medical Society. And he was the second Negro to join the Kentucky Medical Society. You know, he was the only black doctor here in Orangeburg for 20 years. That responsibility, it sure weighed on him. But he, he appreciated every minute of it. It meant a lot to him. As he would say, nothing is too heavy as long as you've got the whole community behind you sharing the load. And we did, I'm sure of that. He ran his first practice out of our house up until he was able to open his first office over on Breckenridge Street. You know, on his very first day, a young boy was shot. Can you imagine? A young child, gunned down. Reggie tried to save him. We did all that we could, but he went on to be with the Lord. We wanted to make sure that our community never suffered such a great loss again. We wanted to save the children that we still had on this earth. You see, young black children, they didn't have any place where they could go, anything to entertain themselves, to keep themselves from finding trouble. They needed somewhere where they could study, exercise, play, just, just share their culture, you know? enjoy it and celebrate it in ways that other places around here they weren't too fond of you know folks like that they they were really missing out if you asked me because those kids they had such a great time when they were together together it sure is quite the theme for the whole process really you see in the 1930s a group of us we formed a council met in churches, and planned activities for the children. A few years later, a group of us from the neighborhood launched a fundraising campaign. I think it was 1942, 1940, for a new building. Now, I'm a God-fearing woman. I love the Lord, and I know he answers prayers. I do, but sometimes it just felt like a mountain of a task trying to raise some money. Now, mind you, we weren't too far off from the Depression. But I know if I've got anything, it's faith. Well, faith and a quick wit, honey, because you've got to know how to pull some of those folks in if you want them to see the vision, too. But eventually, we were able to raise enough money together, and so we bought our own building for $3,200. It was the old John Massey tobacco warehouse. We fixed it up made it a proper space and called it the community recreation center 25 years later we saw the grand opening of the west end daycare and then in 1975 the city stepped in to fund a renovation now the board they wanted to show their appreciation for all the hard work that we had put into it and don't you know they named that building after me in 1979 i never thought that i would have a building with my name on it. It really is a humbling feeling, I tell you what. The mines wouldn't be there if it weren't for all those who helped along the way. We truly did it together. And the progress, it hasn't stopped. That building you see now, it opened up in 2006 with a gymnasium, classrooms, library, a dance studio, the biggest kitchen you've ever seen, and something that the kids call um, what is it? A computer lab. <laughs> I'm just gonna let the young folks figure that one out. Oh yes. That corner of 5th and Elm Street, it sure has seen a lot of changes. But one thing that remains the same is the community, their love for the children, and how they show that love by keeping that center alive. In the midst of it all, me and Reggie, we, we adopted our son, James. He and his wife, Betty, they moved in to help take care of us in 1978. You know, Reginald, he delivered eight of our grandchildren. But my love suffered a stroke. So he wasn't able to deliver that ninth baby that came later. God blessed me to be able to see that center every day up until my death in 1993. You know, sometimes I still peek down at it and I'm filled with so much joy just to know that it's still the heartbeat of Baptist Town. High schoolers, they congregate there to take pictures and show off their pretty attire for that evening's promenade. Organizations, they use the many classrooms for their meetings. Families host their showers and their gatherings. Bright eyes and busy hands, they, they learn more and more each day as they flip through books and jump around and tinker on those, um, those computer things. <laughs> yes, it truly is a wonderful place indeed. More than I ever could have imagined. But you see, that's the thing about our imaginations, you know. No matter how colorful they are or how full of whimsy, they can never paint a better picture than God can. It was was our faith in him that allowed for us to see that idea through. You know, I always imagined that me and Reggie would have a child of our own. And we did in our own special way. We had James. And after making the community center our life's work, God, he has blessed us with infinitely more, thousands. And I hope that every time they see that name on the building, they're reminded of how precious they are, how beautiful, and how high they can soar if they just take off together. questions? Would you like to know anything about the life of Miss Hattie Neblet or maybe what the center does?
2: I heard some stories told in one of those tours around that wasn't, was that warehouse space used to house soldiers and things like that during the war?
3: In the, yeah, in 1942 I believe. uh, I was just talking to my mother about that and she said that the World War II soldiers that were in Fort Knox, that they would get a weekend furlough and they would come to Orangeboro. And you know, I'm asking her, why would they come from Fort Knox to Orangeboro? And she said because, you know, that's where they came to party, there was nice bars here, and and they housed them at the center.
2: Because there was no, housing that was available for African Americans in those days, and I heard that they they provided places to sleep in that warehouse building, at least that's what I think I remember
3: hearing. You're absolutely right. And they also um, fed them, you know, they prepared food for them and meals.
0: You all introduce yourself. You Some people know. It. Yes. Basically, all this since you're
3: new back home. Right. My name is Olga Marilyn uh, McKissick, and um, I left Orangeboro in 1982, and the Lord told me to move back. And in 2015, I moved back here, and um, He told me He had an assignment for me. Uh, and you know how multifaceted our Lord can be. Yes, ma'am. So uh, I moved back, and I love Orangeboro. I lived in Louisville for approximately 30 years. So now I am the interim uh, director at the uh, H.L. Neblett Community Center, and I love that too. You know. For right now. <laughs> today. (laughs) And this young man is our daycare director at the Neblett Center. And he's going to introduce himself. (laughs) My name is Carl
4: Tez Hampton and like she said, I am the daycare director of the HF Neblit Community Center. Uh, This will be my 10th year uh, working at the Neblett Center. 10th year in a row I used to also work there uh, when I first graduated from high school for about three years. I got a few years in with the Nebelich Center and it definitely holds a special place in my heart and hope to be there many more years.
5: It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I am Betty Curry McQuarrie and I am the Foster daughter-in-law of Hattie Benlet and uh, I moved here, I believe it was in 63 and the reason why I got here is because I married into I married their foster son and was going to have a child, Hattie, she's here somewhere. Okay, had him. and uh, I uh, stayed there with her, well, with the family. I think I moved back to Henderson for a moment, and then I we came back to live. Uh, my husband finished school, and uh, I was already out of school, and he was in vocational school. As a matter of fact, they the never sent him to vocational school. He stayed there forever, I thought. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but he was blessed to have them in his life. I was blessed to have them in my life uh, and the children they loved. I, I told, I said, Grandma Hattie, I'm going to have another child. Another one? Oh, just have all you want. <laughs> and, and I wanted children. We wanted children. And we had nine children. We were blessed. I was blessed. Dr. Neverman. I didn't want him to, but he did. He delivered eight <laughs> of them. And uh, just que- treated me like I was the queen. They were, they were gracious people. They were encouraging. They... I can't say enough. I told myself if I knew I was going to be on a panel, I would have written something out. But they were just wonderful people. They loved children. Uh, she couldn't have children, but through us, she had her children. And they did not know that they really wasn't biological, because we weren't treated like that. Uh, you couldn't ask for better. God has blessed me by being in their life and by them being in my life. uh, I couldn't ask for a better life. Uh, I'm setting up here nervous now, but I just want you all to know I can't say enough about Hattie Nednett and Reginald Nednett. They were great people. They were great for our community. And uh, our children, learned a lot from them. They taught us that we could soar. I mean, there's anything was possible. But he told me when, we, when I first met him, I'll help you if you help yourself. But I was always so independent. My husband and I, we didn't want help. But we had to have some help. We all had to have some help. <laughs> but we worked, all of us worked very hard.
3: I remember um, going to the Neblet Center when I was a little girl. Uh, we used to skate uh, on the wooden floor. I think it was on the second floor. Mom was trying to tell me floor. it was the second floor. I, I, she mm-hmm. thought it maybe was the first. And I said, I remember second. being on the second floor and <laughs> right. skating. Yeah. And oh, cool. one, this little boy that I liked, he tripped me and busted my chin, and I still have this scar right under my chin where I fell, um, but it was always good to go to the center. My grandmother, uh, Gertrude Talbot, she was one of the pioneers uh, at the center, her and Miss uh, Valentine, and um, Ella. you know, after, yeah, Ella Valentine, And after uh, six, I think, is when it opened. Uh And it opened for, you know, for all the kids to come in. And my grandmother loved kids, too. I mean, she had 10. Uh So the Nablick Center has always been a part of my life. I even took my son uh, and daughter to the West End daycare center. Uh, when it was renovated back in when was it seventy nine so uh, their part there's there's roots there for them too. Um, I mean I remember going to the doctor, mom taking us to uh, dr neblet 's home uh, his home office, and uh, getting treated there for upset stomachs and different things like that so you know, it's kind of like a full circle kind of thing, you know, it's like, and he brought me back and, you know, to be a part of this. I, I, I am so excited about the legacy of the ne- Neblet Center and being a part of um, making things happen um, and being a part of a great team. I mean, Carl Tez is... I mean, he has been very helpful. I've only been doing this since October the 16th, and it seems like it's been much longer than that. <laughs> I'm sure there's, there's a lot to do, <laughs> but it's all good. And uh, he has been uh, a tremendous help to me and support. So I wanted to share that with you guys.
5: And to keep the kids entertained. Uh, they had dances there for the children Mm -hmm. Um, and my husband was uh, a carpenter and I remember Dr. Nebert bought him all of these all of these Well, I can't think of what you call them but different (laughs) machines and he taught children how to build things with wood. They had wooden trucks and I I was talking to someone not too long ago and they still had theirs, had wooden trucks and just all kind of toys that he would make. And also, they had uh, a fundraiser where he built uh, a bedroom suit and they they sold that and, uh— Dr. Neblett built the bed? No, no, Jane. Oh, Jane, your uh, husband? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. No. and. Uh, I mean, they just taught them a lot of things. It was a lot going on back then, mm-hmm. you know, uh, with the center, and children really enjoyed. It. They played cards. I don't know what all they did do when I came in on the scene. It was just
3: kids everywhere, huh?
5: Yeah, and the skating. I mean, trying to save money. These are things that we were taught by. I call her grandma-headed, but uh, she taught us how to uh, freeze water in a gallon jug and beat, the, after it froze, we'd beat that uh, jug with a hammer. And we'd have crushed ice. All you have to do is take a knife, s- slice it, open the jug up, and you'd have crushed ice. But well, that would save us from buying ice then we'd have Kool-Aid, we'd make that, and we'd sell that to the kids, maybe for 10 cents or something for drink. But these were kind of ways that we would make money.
3: Well, it's interesting that you're talking about fundraisers mm-hmm. um, because London was talking about it, too. Um, and in talking to my mom, she said, back then the fundraisers were going to the churches, and going door to door and asking for donations. And the donations uh, helped to purchase the tobacco warehouse. And I think they raised like $1,400. Um, and I'm not sure where they got the balance from to buy buy the warehouse at 3,200, yeah. But those those were the fundraisers back then, you know? She said that grandmother, and Miss Valentine would walk those streets, yeah. knocking on those doors. Can you give us something, you know? Because your kids are, you know, coming to the Neblet Center, and they got donations that way. And also through um, Western High School, because there was a lot of educators that was on the board of directors at the center of that at that time too.
1: Does anybody have any questions? Maybe any questions pertaining to what the center is
2: today? Yes, ma'am. I I don't have a question, but um, I was on the board of directors for six years, Mm -hmm. and I greatly admired the work. I'm a friend, a sister from the First Sisters. And I thoroughly enjoyed the time on the uh, board of directors absolutely amazed at all that was taught at the school at the afternoon, and what a wonderful, wonderful program was uh, offered there. And they um, they let us use the facilities when we had um, a health fair for the uh, Hispanic ministry, and uh, uh, we just had a wonderful time there.
1: Well, thank you, and thank you for your your work on the board. It's appreciated. Thanks. Did you have a question? Yeah,
6: I was curious as to how many kids you serve today, um, and whether they're all kids from the neighborhood or do you draw from around around the city now. What what's it like?
4: Um, currently, in our daycare, we have 114 children, and. Uh, we do pick children up from school and take children to school each day. And I believe we pick up from eight schools. So you pick up from uh, Catholic schools out by the mall, mm-hmm. Estes on the East End, uh, Newton Parish, uh, Sargo, Audubon. So we have children from all over Owensboro. Well, and, and that was
6: kind of the basis for my question because this is a conversation I've right. about race and, and how we tend to segregate ourselves, one of my questions was you know, do you draw from other places so that kids have the experience of, of working and playing with
7: kids from all backgrounds?
4: Absolutely. That's- and I think we pride ourselves on the fact that we have individuals from so many different backgrounds. I, and it's wonderful and kids don't see color whatsoever and I think that's what makes it so well, great.
6: And this is where they this is where they're based for of experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it can and it can <clears throat> correct some of the stuff that they hear either in their other neighborhood or at home or in the other schools.
4: Absolutely. Yeah.
3: It's it's very uh diverse. Um you know, one would think that the percentage of African-American children would be the highest, and it's not actually. Uh, I think it's um, 60 plus percent of uh, Caucasian children that are there. Uh, And of course we have Hispanic and um, African-American children. We feed hot, hot lunches, and hot dinners every day. We provide breakfast, uh, those, the lunches, the afternoon snack, and the dinner is through the federal food program. But breakfast is not. And the Neblett Center feels that it is vital that children receive a good breakfast in the morning because that helps with their mental and their physical uh, Ability, so um, that is an expense that the Neblet Center provides. So it's a, you know, it's a lot of, of different opportunities for kids um, with the programs that are offered in the after-school program. Our children are tested. We were just talking about that today. Um, we we test them uh, for. Uh, development skills uh, where they are developmentally and uh, cognitive academically. Cognitive development. Yeah. So when children are falling below uh, below normal or uh, the base point, then we refer them, you know, in order to get some help. Um, and we also get report cards and progress reports and we have requested that the parents give us the ability to go to the counselors and to the schools and talk to the teachers so we can help our students to be, well we want them to be better than C's but the baseline is you know C, we want you to pass. And um, we just got numbers back today and they are looking good. I mean,
6: good.
3: A and B students, I mean, looking very, very well.
6: So do you have, a, do you have a, a structure where when the kids come in after school, that they have a certain period of time where they you know, kind of settle in and do their homework, or they, you know, do they have
4: a... Um, as soon as the children arrive from school, uh, they're given a snack and then they are required to do homework. This day and age schools don't really send out homework that the kids tell us. So we go in their backpacks just to make sure that
1: and so. yeah.
4: and so if the kids say they don't have homework, then we will give them homework to do. Whether it be reading a book or we print math sheets or something off the computer. You're either going to do our homework or you're going to do the homework that your school assigns. So now they're starting to have homework every day. So, yeah. They're required at least 30 to 45 minutes a day on homework, except Fridays. We're a little lenient on Fridays, but yeah. We're currently looking for more tutors if anybody knows anybody. So. Do you all
0: have a library?
4: Absolutely. Yes. yes I thought you did, but I wasn't actually uh-huh.
0: sure. Uh, do you like? Ask the public to make contributions, or do you all have somebody who does online? How does that work? Because, like, I'm thinking of Girls Inc. A lot of
4: times, you can donate books to them. Since I've been there, it's like we don't really have to ask; they just come. They just come.
2: Okay.
4: They just—they've been coming, and they keep coming, and it's like weekly. Somebody's donating something. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am.
8: First, I grew up. When Dr. Neffett was alive, he was, I remember him, he was my doctor when we were little kids, and we actually played doctor and we mocked him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, what did he always say? One, one two, two, one, two. One, two. <laughs> <laughs> and, but, but I never made it to the because I wasn't allowed to come on this side of Patrick. Oh. Yeah. I was kind of like that. <laughs> but uh, a couple questions. Um, do you offer volunteer?
3: Opportunities for teens and adults. Yes. Yes, they do we do.
4: I was just told today oh, that your son or that you was interested in your son coming in volunteering. Always.
8: That's good. We, we need it. Matter of yeah. fact,
4: I was sent to a event this morning at Brescia College and trying to obtain volunteers and even looking to hire four people right now, so teens.
8: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the
4: requirement by the state is that they have a high school diploma or GED, so...
8: Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, that's little Yeah. <laughs> it's just a gym. But,
4: but he... you're not too young to volunteer, so...
8: Right. It's a person, right.
4: Especially in going. the math and language arts areas, okay. the kids I, really need it. I think you could take it too. So. Good. Well, good. Yeah, so good. 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 Absolutely. Could <laughs> definitely use it.
3: One thing that I'm also looking... Uh, into is establishing a debate team at uh, the Neblet Center. Um, I just went to the final debates in, at OCTC, uh, first time I've ever ever experienced it. I mean I've, I've watched the movie The Debaters, you know
1: <laughs> yes, sir.
3: but um, it was interesting. Yeah. and we can do that. We can, we can teach our kids, provide a subject, and teach them how to research on the affirmative and to research on the opposition and give them an opportunity to stand before folks and with confidence and deliver a presentation that will persuade someone on their side. And even if it's, do we really need mulch on the playground? you know I mean those type of things to start them out um, in the what are the grades after school what what grades are they are they third fourth and fifth grades oh yes, yes. third fourth fifth eighth, and even starting them that young and giving them just you know everyday topics
6: Critical thinking skills. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: De- yes definitely so that's one thing um, that I'm looking into as far as uh, getting folks to help and supporting that, supporting that uh, initiative, as far as establishing a debate team. Do you have uh, many,
8: I guess, middle school high schoolers coming through?
3: As far
4: as middle school, um, Mr. Chick Owen Mm -hmm. is responsible for that program. And right now, they're averaging 40 to 50 every evening. So I, I say that's, that's great. That's and uh, so,
1: yeah.
3: Yeah, if we get them off the basketball court.
4: Yeah, they just wanna come and play basketball or, or
8: video games, but <laughs> But that's really- the
1: beautiful thing about the Neblett Center. It provides a place, a safe place for kids yes. in that community and in other communities where they can go and just be kids. Because just like in like in the skit like it was back in the day right now it's not so much as a black and white thing but a rich and a poor thing but a lot of these kids don't have anywhere else where they can go you know and they don't have a lot of encouragement from the people in their schools and things of that nature my mom used to work there when i was a little kid you know and i worked there for a little for a couple years you know Mm -hmm. and i've just always loved that about the center, you know, even though it wasn't a regular place for me because it was on a different side of town, I always knew that it could it was a home. I always knew that we could go there and just hang out and just have fun. Like she said they would host dances and things of that nature. They still did that when I was younger, you know. And it was it was a good option other than being on the street. You know, everybody doesn't have a a family that is all on your back and making sure that you do good, and it's important to have people who are like the Neblets and the Descendants and the people that are running the center now. It's very vital to the community to have people like that, so these kids have somewhere to go. You know, especially and especially with things going on like now with the school shootings and things. You know, you got to think about things like that kids need an outlet that is not their parents they need an outlet like you were saying um, young volunteers that's good not only for the center but for the kids as well you know because a lot of those kids that might be coming to volunteer there's no telling what else they'll be doing you know there have been shootings and things of that nature here in our community you know and what it takes is people that aren't your family or that aren't A direct link to you to step in and give you encouragement you know I'm a prime example it's one thing for your family to tell you you know you need to be doing this you need to be doing that when somebody from the outside is telling you because at first you think oh they're just being hard on me they want me to be perfect you know but when you have somebody else that stays on top of you and that sees your potential to this day grandma Betty you know she'll come to me and see what I'm doing and make sure that I'm staying on top of things and being the best me that I can be and it takes the community to be behind you like that. And I'm grateful, and I know there are a lot of other people my age, younger and older, that are grateful for the Neville Center and its diversity and how it opens your mind and and your views, you know, because you see things you would see on an everyday basis. You know, you're forced to interact with people. Like you said, they pick up kids from schools in the county, Catholic schools, kids in the city, kids from down the street, or kids from across town. There's all kind of kids there, and they interact with other children that they wouldn't see in their own neighborhood and that is i feel like that is vital for children especially in the in the the days that we're living when there's so much animosity toward from one group to another and like he said earlier kids don't see those things it's taught to them so when you put a child in a situation to where they can genuinely learn that without any negativity they can learn that through play that's a beautiful thing You know, to be able to see these kids growing up and their best friend being somebody that looks nothing like them because they genuinely love that kid, you know. And there's, like my brother, a lot of his friends, he met playing basketball down there. And they're a very diverse group of kids. Mm -hmm. Because to me, that's what the Neville Center has always been about. I've never known the Neville Center to not be diverse, if that makes sense. Always been diverse, always been open, and it's always been a safe place. And that's the most important thing, I feel like, is, is that has to do with the Center and the things that they do for the community. Like the sister was saying earlier, they open their doors for their clinics, things like that. You can ask her now. Anybody can call up there and do and utilize that. It's a community center. Right. You know, it's right. always been that way, and it's a beautiful thing to have in the community. It's always been a constant the heartbeat. So, sorry. Any questions? The after school program, is there a charge?
4: It is for the after school program. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, a lot of our families receive assistance from the state. So that usually helps offset the cost. And then there's a few that don't. And we do what we can to try to work with those families, because at the end of the day we'd rather the kids be in our building than on the street somewhere. And that brings up Mr. Chick. In. A program for the rec that's in the evening is supposed to be for 13 and up. You go in there with Mr. Chick, you will see six-year-olds, three-year-olds. Mr. Chick don't want no kid on the streets. Yes. So he will open his doors to any age group. Amen. That's how and it should when be. I have to work for him, because he may be out of town, sometimes I get frustrated because... <laughs> I just want to hang out with the teenagers after working with kids and look young kids. I, and the first night I work, I worked for him. I walk in and there's a three year old in there. But what can you do? When you understand what Chick's philosophy is behind that, I mean, you can't help but yeah. accept it. So.
2: But the rec program, though, there's not a cost to that, right?
4: No, it's free. It's right. completely right. free.
0: I just
8: want to add that Mr. Owen would have been here
4: tonight, but he said he could not miss any more work. If if I'm not mistaken, they are at the sports center right now practicing uh, with the men's mass choir. I don't know if you know that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We got a question back there in the back? What is the center's hours? What are the center's hours?
4: As far as daycare, we are open from 6.30 a.m. to 6 o'clock p.m. Now, the rec department, which is supposed to be for teenagers, about 4 o'clock and normally close at 8 o'clock. But if it's, like, really booming, he'll keep it open a little longer. But when school's in session, we think 8, 8.30, the kids should be getting home and getting ready for the next phase. How is extended in the
7: summertime?
4: Yes, ma'am just depending on what the kids do. Sometimes when it gets summer, and because basketball is so popular in the Nebula Center area, sometimes the kids wanna go down to the park and play down at Fifth Street, so if numbers aren't too high, then they may close down a little early, but if they show up at the center, they'll stay open as long as the kids wanna stay there.
2: And they do some weekend
4: basketball, I Yeah, every weekend. Uh, I, yeah, I
2: don't know what hours, but I uh, see them there, so.
4: Right now, every Sunday, uh, former NBA player Kenny Higgs hosts a developmental program. And we've been involved with that, I think, going on 11 years now. Or I've wow. been involved with that. So we do that Great. on Sundays. And uh, we recently started allowing, uh, I believe it's your grandson, John Parm, to coaches softball. Huh. We allow them to come in and practice with uh, their kids. So we're trying to really get back into the community Aspect of the Nebula Center because in the past we may have gotten away from it, but we're trying to open our doors and invite everybody in. And we got this nice build we want it to be used at all times.
3: the okay. Terry Terry Greer comes in on the second Sunday, second
2: Sunday of every of the month. month. We mm-hmm. have a, a group of uh, LGBTQ, lesbian, gay, transgender youth. And their friends and their parents are welcome. It's a couple hours. It's just social, uh, with a, a light bit of education—not a—not a heavy bit, not a heavy <laughs> dose. Uh, we feed them and uh, just provide community for those kids. Uh, those kids in in your community are a very are at very high risk for all kinds of behaviors, but the uh, the suicide risk is very, very high for the LGBTQ youth that have no support. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's part of what I'm involved in. I take some kids back and forth to Evansville, and we we'll work with the with the Tri-State Alliance out of Evansville.
1: Thank you for that. Thank you very much. I took much.
2: part of those kids yesterday to uh, uh, a rally in uh, Frankfurt to uh, and talk to their senators and representatives about the bills that are important. Awesome. In that,
1: that is awesome work. It
2: really, it really is. That's great work. But the space is a big deal for us because this is a nonprofit that just—I mean, most of the pizza I just buy. It. So yeah. you know, it's, it's not the kind of thing where we can afford to to rent space or anything like that. So space is a is a really big deal for us and a, a constant. They know we're going to be here on this particular day. So mm-hmm. uh, we expect- well, we're we're glad that we're able to
3: to provide you, you know, the space for that. That's good.
1: Did you have a question there in the back? Yes. Is your conference room and meeting rooms open to
0: the public for have meeting? Is it a charge?
3: There is not a charge uh, for to use it for meetings. We have uh, the Orangeboro Black Expo come in. We have the NAACP. Uh, we have had the Human Relations Commission uh, to use the uh, facility. Dust Yeah, Dust Bowl. Um, they have their meetings there, too. So we are open. All we ask that you do is just to call, schedule uh, the meeting time, and we'll schedule the conference room. Uh, you know, there are a couple of times we may have had a conflict, but pretty much everybody is calling and getting, getting it scheduled. But one thing I wanted to also add um, when we talk about the child care and the um, the screening that we do is the ages and stages questionnaire mm-hmm. screening. Um, and also, we do what is called the Brigantz screening. And we are setting it up where we use a baseline uh, where someone Enrolls their child, and within, within a month they will have this testing. And then, in six months after enrollment, we'll see where, if, what progress has been made. And then, after a year, uh, test them again. It is a fact that any dollars, every dollar that is put into early child care development, saves seven dollars. For uh, on prisons, um, uh, court, the court system, uh, drug rehab, remedial services, uh, and that's where we have to start. Mm-hmm. We have to start with you know the young kids and putting those dollars there first. So, oh, and we we're gonna have a fundraiser too. Uh, I'm, I, well, I mean, we're, we have a 2004 Taurus that is in excellent condition, it's low mileage, 60,000 miles on it, it is good on the inside and the outside, we're going to raffle it off, it's $50, uh, it's, on our, it's on our website that it's coming, and um, so I just want to make you aware of it. If you go on our Facebook, we don't have a website. Go on our Facebook page, and you will see a slideshow of that car. And I'm telling you, for $50 it is it is excellent. Someone donated it so to when, us.
2: When are you going to
3: Well, <laughs> it's going to be soon. I would say within the next week, we're going to post it again for folks to be able to come in and donate, and that donation of $50 gives, gives you a chance for the car. And then we will have a live Facebook a live Facebook feed uh, the day that we uh, pull for the raffle. That's good. yeah one, one of
2: those tickets. I've got two kids that need
3: cars. Yes, ma'am,
1: get
2: well, your good. ticket. Your, you have a question? But <laughs> well, you're not talking about all the adult things that like Mr. Ollman does. Like, oh yeah. We have every at Christmas
4: and the adult Sorry. Christmas dinner. Yeah. Very good. He
0: has someone singing. And uh, this last year he brought people from all kinds of different churches, so there's a lot of people there. And then also he's taking trips, like we would go to Sagat
8: Feet Theater down in the uh, Grand Rivers and eat at Patty Settlement. Mm-hmm. One time we all went to uh, uh, a gospel explosion.
0: And it's really good up in Brownville, isn't it? And they do a lot for the
3: seniors, too. Mm-hmm. You are absolutely right. What's your name again? Karen
9: Douglas.
3: That's Ms. Karen. Karen Douglas. I think we worked together on Christmas last, of uh, 2015. Yeah. The dinner. The dinner. Right, right. Oh,
6: yeah, You're, uh, Jeremy. Josephine. Josephine's our yeah, uh,
3: but I, I'm so glad that you brought that up because he does an awesome, awesome job of having events for the mature adults uh, in the community, and his sister plays a very important part of that too, in regards to uh, preparing the food and, you know, her meeting uh, with uh, Miss Burns, Betty Burns. Uh, and also I know that you, you volunteer for that too. So I just wanna say thank you for that. Uh, the next thing that, that's coming up is uh, Tuesday, March the 6th. Mr. Owens will be having a uh, African-American men fundraiser uh, and you know where folks will come in and I think he's gonna have some sort of refreshments. Betty, am I right on that?
7: I'm
3: not aware of that it's done. Okay. Well it's Tuesday, March the
7: sixth. <laughs> oh.
3: And that was yeah, the next thing breakfast. I was gonna say. Derby breakfast is going to be the first Saturday in May. Uh, and he does a bang up job with that also. Uh, where you would come in dressed and with your hats and everything. Uh, and uh, the breakfast that we had for the Martin Luther King breakfast. Uh, Betty was the, the project manager on that, as far as the, the food, and it was excellent, <laughs> excellent.
8: Now, you, i me ask you, because I always hear about these things after the fact, do you, do you advertise or word now? Because I'm out, I'm worse than, you know, I'm sort of like after the fact.
3: We put it on the Facebook page. I
4: would definitely recommend it. Oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> but you don't, I know you don't do Facebook, right? Yeah, she does, though. But we do. But, but he also sends out mailings. Okay. He sends mailings okay. out, too. So if you want to be on the mailing list, uh, just let me know, and I'll get that information and make sure that he gets it. Okay.
1: Do we have any more questions about the Netflix Center? Or would anybody like to know anything about the nipplets, maybe? So
2: this is, what, the seventh or eighth year y'all have had a free tax it? I don't know how many years. It goes back before me. I don't know.
1: It might I be longer
2: than that. Right. I don't know. It goes back before me. Maybe more than that.
3: More I think it later. might be longer than that. Y'all
2: been doing that for a while. Yeah. Huh? yeah.
3: You know, one thing, other thing I would like to mention, too, uh, and the, the reason I'm mentioning it, mentioning it is because I've been working on this for... Wow, the last couple of weeks, I guess. And that is the uh, United Way application for the grant um, that we received from United Way. And I just wanna make a, um, make a point in saying that the Neblet Center has been receiving funds from the uh, Orangeboro, Davis County, United Way. Well, it's not that name anymore. But since 1946, isn't that something? 1946, we have been receiving funding from the United Way. And, um, you know, they truly believe in the Neblet Center. And, you know, it just seems like when folks start coming to the Neblet Center or having any type of connections. They be they their heart becomes a part yeah. of the Nablet Center, and actually, that's where I feel like I am right now. I mm-hmm. mean, I just have this heart for the mm-hmm. Nablet Center. I just
7: love
3: it. I just see so much yeah. and see, you know, enjoy what's going on and what will be going on in the future. You know. I
8: was we'll gonna ask
3: you what's the future. Looks like. What the future looks like? It looks good. It looks. Excellent. Amazing. Nice and bright, I yes. hope. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> did you have a question?
6: Well, I was going to ask, do you do the corporate fundraising? Mm-hmm. You know, when, when people have a of frequent buyer cards holders, they can choose a non-profit that a
3: percentage oh, of their purchases knows No. She's
1: wow. jotting down notes now. Thank you for yeah. that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and because it because people
6: to choose you. Thank you for that. Okay. So I get yes. people at Kroger because it's a good tool. Yeah. Oh, no. I know
0: somebody at Kroger's.
3: Do
6: they? So no awesome. uh, that get okay. Done. Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: Did I, you have one? Something else I was going to ask, and I don't
3: know. Well, something that I've been talking to
0: people about for years and still hasn't happened. Have you all thought about having a community garden? Now, because the soil is probably polluted, you would have to have raised beds. But it seemed to me a marvelous way to get the community involved and also a very important nutritional thing. Mm-hmm. The people in the neighborhood, if their yards are like my yard, I have a lot of trees. So a lot of people in the neighborhood might like to have a plot to grow some tomatoes or some green beans or something. You could even use some of that at the center. But it would also be teaching the kids yes. a skill. And my philosophy is where the, it, where the food comes from. And I'm glad to help you with this. Uh, but the thing that <laughs> if kids now. see something grow, oh, it changes something in them. It is a life-affirming activity. And I'm living for the day from the Network Center
2: has
1: committed Does 4-H still do that, or the agricultural groups? Because I know when I was a kid, I did 4-H. It down
2: there or not. Well, no, but do I they help, help out? There's a couple of boxes that i don't play them. I don't
4: about. Play them. About four years ago, we okay, so received a donation done. from the Greenwells, and we erected uh, a garden. Uh, we have three plots, raised beds, four feet wide by eight feet long. Okay, I didn't realize and, you had done it. Well, I, I just realized farming is hard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't realize that you <laughs> yeah. That's why I was
8: thinking about. I made it H- one year, <laughs> and, and, and yeah, I, I didn't have any help. So yeah.
4: I, I didn't have what it that takes happened. to do it the second year. But that first year, it, it went great. We We grew corn, watermelon, cantaloupe, mm-hmm. various peppers, and I didn't know uh, we did potatoes, and I didn't know that. I just thought that to, we didn't do
5: it. Yeah. I, I did to know they was up under the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Where the potatoes
4: at? About <laughs> six months later, somebody said they was under the ground. <laughs> it, it was too late then, but. Um, the UK Extension Office did come out and help us get it started. That would be good. I was going to say,
6: Master is also good. Yeah,
4: but it, it, it was hot and, and I didn't have what it took to... <laughs> oh Yeah. You're just supposed to them to do The kids, they love putting the seed in the ground and, 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 and
2: harvesting the, out, yeah. the
4: food, but they didn't like the in-between and pulling the weeds. and
2: the water, and the water hose is out there. It's <laughs> on the, edges of the plankton, yeah. So it's a... Oh, it's
4: so we the- have what it takes. Oh. We lack in volunteers and, and a leader. It's, it's, it's because it's... Yes, Do you do field
6: trips like just local kind of stuff
2: where they go out and... The-
1: um,
6: they Very active in the Ottawa society. And sometimes we take kids to... The Virginia Mountain Nature Center behind the community college. You know, and for kids who lived in town, that's an opportunity to be out in nature. I just happened to have a group of girls that I was working with at Girls Incorporated earlier this week. And they were off the walk. I mean, you know, they just were not focused and paying attention. And when I finally got them out with their binoculars, they were saying things like, it's so nice. This is so peaceful, you know, it was great and um, we'd be happy to do some things like that with the
4: kids. We we would love it, yeah, yeah.
6: I mean, I don't know if transportation's a problem. Not at all. They've
4: got fans. <laughs> we do field trips with children three years, that's the youngest that we will take the kids out. All well, the way Usually up. what we try to do is we,
6: we do an age group and then we'll do like a, a little burning one kind of mm-hmm. in the classroom thing so that they have a
8: clue what they're going to do when they go out.
4: Yeah. We would definitely love to add what you have to offer to our program.
8: Mentoring programs?
4: That's something that we don't officially do, but we do have gentlemen involved in the program that takes kids under their wings and you know, so but not officially.
3: It's noted. Okay. That's
4: good. Anything she writes
7: <laughs> <laughs> More work. More work
4: <laughs> Is there anything that you guys may want to see the Nebula Center do that you don't hear
7: about or? It's a fun night <laughs> <fun laughs> that Mr. Addie Cowan
0: used
7: to be over that I'd like to see come back. Okay. <laughs> it that? Be a whole sheet from Moonlight. I think Moonlight would go next year, I know they would cook it. We would sit in the center, peel potatoes, make potato salad, bake things, bomb cakes from anybody you knew, have cake well, and soap dinners, and the street was blocked off. I can't remember what other games were. Played. There were games, and the meal was served and delivered. Mm-hmm. Like what was that? Come back. What was
3: that called? Uh, the I Neblet know. family picnic or homecoming? It was it homecoming I festival?
7: I think it was just the Blackburn. Just the black I was in and out of the Neblett house Bobo. off and out. And I was friends mm-hmm. with a foster parent of... A friend of Miss Neff's, <laughs> and I also worked at the Western Daycare for a while. And the Neff Center means a lot to me, and I am glad to see an interim yes. director. Oh yes, yes, that has feelings for the Neff Center. Yes. yes, and I have seen a change since she's been there.
5: Thank you.
3: They me if I get it room off. <laughs> Thank you, Eddie. Um was, Oh, I'm sorry. No, go, go ahead.
6: <laughs> when you're in the middle, it's hard to tell. I was wondering if you do anything with voter education.
3: With voter, voter, registr- education. voter I've, education I've, registration. voter education registration? The NAACPL helps them. Well, the group, I
6: don't and speak one, speak one of me. the things that you're talking about is identifying precincts where Either registration or turnout is low, and you know, as we identify those, we'd like to get in there and do some, do, just do some informational kind of stuff, you know.
4: I know the past three years, we have actually used our vans to go pick individuals up mm-hmm. and take them to good, good. their prospective uh, precincts to vote, so. Yeah.
6: But if we discover that um, turnout is, is low in a particular area, it's part, part of that just Mm-hmm. Example. Could we come to you
1: and say, could we hold a voter registration or information? They've done that before. Yeah. I know my mother has hosted a voter rally in the past. I can't remember how many years ago that was. Couldn't been too long ago. But people utilize the Neville Center because it is right. the center, you know, and it's the center of Baptist Town. A lot of people use that as the focal point or the meeting place. So. They've held a lot of um, voter registration rallies. I've seen rallies there. Like he said, they go pick people up and take them to the polling places. From my knowledge, they have been very involved in that. I don't know if it's specifically the Neblet Center, but I know they open their doors to people who are trying to do that, and they support those people. Amen. It's always been a big part of the Neblet Center because you know, voting rights and, all, and equal rights has always been a big... Part of the Neville Center, that's what they're there for. One of the the things
6: that we know is that we have a primary coming up in May, and Mm -hmm. typically the turnout for the primary is something like 20%. Right. There's anything we can do to get people energized to to get out there and actually vote.
3: Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because uh, I just had a meeting uh, with uh, a young man last week. That uh, we were meeting about one thing, and then he asked about voter registration. And, you know, are we able to use the center for voter registration? It's like, she's probably like, Yeah, yeah. absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, you can. So, yeah, it's definitely, we're definitely open okay. to that. Okay, okay. Another thing that uh, we're with the AAUW,
0: American Association of University Women, and Something that we might be interested in doing is any kind of empowerment for girls and women. Uh, we do a lot of that with girls' Inc. and it's, it's very important that that these girls have encouragement to be strong.
3: What what age groups? Well, we work with all age groups. Yeah,
6: it just depends. You know, we, generally speaking, when we work with. with girls, we try to do uh, age-appropriate yeah, yes. sessions, okay. so maybe 3rd and 4th graders, and then 5th okay. through young teens, you know,
3: and then the older kids. So as young as 3rd graders.
6: Right. Okay. For example, last year we took a group of the older teens to see Hidden Figures. Good you know,
3: yeah. movie. For Excellent History
6: movie. Yeah, we, we always do Women's History Month kind of presentation, which is good for boys and girls. You know, <laughs> I'm going to put you on our list.
3: Thank you.
8: And I mom of boys, and there's not anything here. For I mean, there's schools. That's it. I want something
3: that's going to help
8: them grow.
3: Do you think they'd be interested in debate?
8: <laughs> well, you know what, when you say that, they were, Augustine was on the academic attendance in the school system. The fault was kind of out of balance and he lost interest. Yeah.
9: So I, I don't know. I like that, but what she's saying, but it's more just a comment on, on what I consider. Our society's education, but like I think Girls Inc. does an excellent job. They girls. They really do. But what you just said about the balance, to mm-hmm. me, the problem isn't the girls, it's the guys. Right. And they mm-hmm. need the education, but there's you no... boy's in There's no men well, yeah, that it's it's are willing to do the, it. The training
2: you sport. get at Girls Inc. It's sports. Inc. You know, it's, it's sports. sports. Yeah, it's, all it's not always like sports. sports. But I'm saying that yeah. like everything
9: from how you treat a woman to... Relationships. To relationships. Yeah, I'm, I'm and I'm saying I, I think that, that I'm kind of with what you're saying, but I don't I don't see a program to fit, fill that, or has seen a program and, to fill it. And
8: and then um, like dressing up, you know, I do. They are not allowed to wear to Church, okay? So they look like, you know, I want them to see that there is more in sports. Mm-hmm. You know, let's let's put this let's dress up and just go out to dinner. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Yes. I was wondering, if you had heard
10: of a program called Destination Imagination, um, it was, um, I, they, I know that there's a team like in, in Indiana that does it because my, my co-worker son does it and and my son did it when we lived in Arkansas, um, but it's it's a, it's a thing where you're kind of, you're given, the general focus is like creativity and coming up with, with lots of different solutions, and there's there's different categories. But one interesting aspect of the competition is even if even if like the the part of the competition you're doing requires that you build something, it gives you um, cost restrictions, and so it's very low cost, and and it's and it's 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 about the kids. Um, the kids coming up with the solutions and 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 them finding the problem and, and not necessarily buying a whole bunch of fancy stuff and like um, like the improv drama was the event that, that Michael did when we were in Arkansas and there's zero budget like it doesn't you're not allowed to spend any money because you're just doing it's just the kids on the stage doing wacky things and and it's not and it's not sports but it really the kids. They
1: think they like it. That's a good idea. Like, a, like
10: having a
3: courthouse
10: in the bathtub. <laughs> yeah.
3: Having a courthouse in the bathtub. Uh-huh. Interesting. <laughs> and,
10: and, I mean, you know, they had to, you know, they
7: were
3: pretending,
10: you know, Michael was pretending to be a shark, and, and the other kids were pretending they were on a hot and Mm-hmm. It was, you know, lots of fun. I like that.
3: I like that. Thank you. Yeah, that would and be and really good. It's not
10: one of those activities where you can kind of buy your way to the t- it's not one of those. Mm-hmm.
3: those okay. Um, destination are. imagination? Yes. Okay. Okay.
10: And I don't I don't even know if anybody in Orangeburg I
1: don't think they do anything like similar to that, but that could be something that you guys could maybe do for your kids. You could maybe link up with the local theater and do some of the Theater because they work with kids. And you you are with the
3: local theater, aren't you?
1: Yeah.
2: Let me write that down. Yeah, they do they're doing a workshop uh, now. There there is some cost to it, which mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not saying it should be free, I'm just saying that limits so mm-hmm.
1: Well, to get community involvement, because I know that the, the theater is always talking about getting more a more diverse group of people working within the theater, because I'm one of two black women that participate, so I get stuck with all those roles, if you know that. You know, well, and John, a, to that point, was, being a part of it, you know, a lot of
8: people think here, they think that, well, in order to be a part of it, I have to ask.
1: No, and that would be another thing to, like, really teach the kids. You can be behind the scenes. If your kid is creative, they could sew or they could learn how to do stage makeup. But I know they're always talking about wanting, especially more African-Americans, they're like, I really want to do this show. I want to do this. But they don't have the people coming out to do it. But if you start with the kids, I we could talk him into doing something at no cost, maybe like a free little thing to just get it out there and get kids interested. And maybe that something could blossom from that. Maybe y'all could do something, you know, every year, you know, that they can come out and do something with y'all. And that's like a link to get a community that doesn't normally come out. Cause to be honest, most uh, most African Americans don't come to a show unless I'm in it or, and they hardly even come then. So I think that will be a way to get, it would be a way to kind of do what you're saying and then utilize something local, get more involved in the community in different ways. Um, because like you guys are saying, this is a, a conversation on race and you want, you don't want the community to be divided. You want them to meld together. You don't want, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want a, one of these young sisters to go up to the theater and be discouraged thinking that they can only play a maid or thinking that they can, you, you know, because a lot of times, from the content that's played, I can only be somebody's best friend or they won't put me as a couple or something. But if you have more of a diverse pool to pull from, then there'll be more opportunities for the people that are younger than me. And um, there probably are a lot of kids that might be interested in it. But like you said, the thing with the debate team, the culture is kind of shifted. They think it's not cool. You know, I was one of the only black kids that did a lot of things because it wasn't cool. But you open your friends up to these different things and you get one kid to think that it's neat. And then their friends will be like, oh, I don't have to talk. I can just be in the background or I can help make costumes, you know. And that's one more thing to keep them out of the streets because that's the goal of the Neville Center from what I've always understood is to keep the kids doing something positive. And they always do. And they are more than welcome to... From my understanding, you know, don't bombard them, but I know they're more than welcome to all ideas and especially get involved in the community. They want to be involved in the community. They want you to utilize their spaces. They want you to come and volunteer with their children. Yes. Um, you said your, your sons need mentors. If you know any... Yeah, young adult men they don't necessarily even have to be in college but a positive man that will come down and volunteer well, you know not,
8: not mine they don't necessarily you know they have me and my husband like they're just overwhelmed yeah right now but I would like for you know all the kids you listen to other people mm-hmm. so it's always nice to hear that other other right. voice and uh, you go ahead. Well, oh, I
9: was just going to make a comical mm-hmm. statement. How far away is TWO from the Edwards Center? It's Hop, Skip, and a couple blocks. Yeah.
8: couple
1: blocks. I've walked from one place to the other before. When I worked there, I've walked to a rehearsal. It's not far at all. And She has a question, too. London, yes, ma'am. Could you give me a voice for me
3: with the two theater? Because I've made comments and references. It's limited to age groups. Uh, I, poor Michael. you know, she's taken interest in drama club, but it's only available to grades 2nd through 6th. So it does kind of limit middle schoolers and...
1: Um, I thought that they went through, I thought they went through middle school. They might do that because the schools have drama clubs and I know that that might be a reason why they might not extend the age group, but I'll ask them about it. Cause I know when they audition, those auditions should be open to all age groups. Those should be open to all the kids, but I would definitely ask Todd I about that.
3: It's limited to H three, uh, Grace three through twelve, so that might that may be soothing or soothing. But you know, whenever she tried out and, and she made a part, but she was
7: just a part of a part that was just kind of like a singing background. Right? You know, yeah. Want,
3: they all want that bleeding role. You
7: can't always have
2: it. But the
3: yeah. other kids has been. T- attending when they were younger are trained now so they have more experience, they're gonna
7: be more prone to be accepted. That's true. Uh, I, I didn't like that aspect because and now she's at the age trying to get her involved.
1: That's true, but I'm gonna tell you as a girl girl, do not ever let that stop you. I cannot tell you how many times that I have been the only black girl that's doing something or my friends will be like, Why are you doing this? or You know, I didn't get my first lead role in high school. I did drama, you know, unless I was singing something. It's the only time they put me in a lead role so they could hear me sing a song. Unless I was singing something, I was always, you know, in the background, in the chorus, but I thought that I was all right. My first lead role in a play wasn't until I was a senior in high school, you know? And then when I started acting at the theater workshop as an adult, that was, so don't ever let it discourage you. Don't ever think that you can't make that part. It might take you a little bit, but you'll do it, you know, because I literally, I can't tell you how many times I have been the only one in my situation. And, you know, I thank God for the people in my life, you know, like um, mentors that were not only my family, but people that I met through the Neville Center or the Girls Incorporated that, you know, um, supported me and kept pushing me to continue on that road. Because uh, there's always going to be somebody that doesn't like your style, or um, being an African American in a predominantly white uh, industry or group or activity, it is very hard because they try to put you in that box. The only advice I can tell you is to keep trying, and you have to show them your talent. Because if you listen to Miss Alama tonight, just what she said about me, about me acting and stuff. I, I would have never thought that about myself. People, other people will see your talent and the theater will be forced to put you in, this, in the center of the stage because you people will ask for you. So you just, you keep trying, you know, and I'll do my thing and try to talk to them. And if that means that I have to be an African American on the board, cause I don't even think they have anybody other than Max Ellis and it's been only him for years and years and years, you know, because there isn't as many, there's not a lot of us doing those things. We don't have that much of an interest, but I, it's going to take that one person. And like I said, if that means we sacrifice some time and doing that so that kids like you will have that opportunity, I'm going to have to do it, you know, because that that's important to me. I don't want you to be discouraged. You know, I don't want you to be discouraged just because they don't pick you or they put you in a singer role. They put you in the singer in the background. you be the loudest singer. You make all the faces. You have the biggest moves and you make them put you out front next time. And it'll happen. It really will. You have to, when it comes to showing your talent and doing things like that, regardless of where you're at, it's gonna depend on all that. This director has seen this person a lot of times or they've heard her sing all the time. So they might not even look at you until they see you on that stage they'll have to give you a chance because everybody's eyes are gonna be on you. you know? That's what happened with me. They put me in the, back, in, in the background and every, all eyes. Ooh, ooh, she's back, yeah, it's London. And that, but that's what it's gonna take. You know, you got to prove yourself to people. And it shouldn't be that way. And that's what people like us are trying to change, is so you won't have to work
3: so hard. You know, and it's getting better. Yeah. We just had Black Panther, didn't we? <laughs> didn't we? <laughs> you know, it's
1: getting better.
3: That's know? one of the things on my list, too. I would like to have drama, you know? Um, have have some plays.
8: <laughs> have a drama yeah. department.
3: Um, some you know, plays and different when things
6: When I was a kid, we used to do a little thing that we called Shoebox Theater and it, it was sort of like, whose line is it anyway? Mm-hmm. We had a shoebox, literally. And there might be five disparate items in that shoebox. And you and your little group had to put together a skit using the items the Right. It costs and
1: yet what
6: it does is give, give, give she, 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 she do not it kids the job Yes. And then <laughs> if something comes up in the theater workshop is having auditions, they have a little be busy bit more
1: presence, a little yeah. bit more confidence, mm-hmm. that maybe they can make it. But she, he made the point earlier of the distance between the two Did places. It no, it, it really is it, its ridiculous, you know, that there isn't more... That there isn't more... Um, Collaboration. collaboration, yes. It, it, it is ridiculous. Yeah,
6: collaboration
1: is the key. It's key to, to a community, you know, and you you have the theater that always says we want to involve the community, and we want to do this, we want to do that. You have well, like to you, put them together.
9: Well, I like you about what you're suggesting. I was kind of going there thinking about that as well as if if Neville Center decided to have their own small troupe of performers, they could hone their craft and in sort of a safe environment yeah and get their skills up because I can speak from personal experience you may think you're prepared but when you step in front of a crowd doing something or whatever it just
1: being judged and all that
9: stuff it just can it make
1: you nervous. And Very nerve-wracking. Yeah, so, I mean, I think it just, it helps to, to experiment. And uh, the local high school, I know I worked with Carolyn Greer all through high school, and they do a lot more work in the community as well. Owensboro High School, she'll send a group of kids out once a week. You know, it might just be for like an hour or two after school, but that could be something, if you were interested in that, in doing that, yes, ma'am. she can help you because that would, get her, that would get more kids coming to her program when they reach that age. Okay. And that would give her her kids that are in theater, a chance to get volunteer hours and hone their craft. And it'll also get more, a more diverse group to want to do theater. Because like I said, there's not that many of them that really want to do it. You know, they don't think that they can do it. It might have a lot to do with what we see on TV and stuff. That's not what we do, but yeah, until they try. And Tanya had a
3: question.
8: Okay, jobs and on world. Jobs, okay. We, uh, I'm, I'm frustrated right now. So I went to Kim DeClark and they're 22 years on Monday. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're out of over 300 and something employees, there's seven African Americans.
1: What? No, she's not lying.
8: <laughs>
1: and I'm not, I can't say that I'm
8: surprised. Okay, so uh, you know, I, try, I try to be in any any, and every group that comes about because I'm nosy like that. I don't know what's going on in my meal. Yeah. So. Um, uh, was at one of the meetings last quarter, and the meal manager was like, "Yay! Uh, the past uh, the past four years, we've uh, we've hired 40, 60 new employees." And you know, you didn't have your facial expression. On it. I didn't know. Uh-huh. I didn't know. And I was sitting there, and he said, "What time?" He said, "What?" And he said, well, you kind of little smirk." I said, "Um." I said, Can we hold that right? So you saw that? Yeah, you saw that. I thought it was just a thought. <laughs> so I, I said, let's just talk about like something. I'm, I'm not, I'm the only black female. But that's when so it matters the most. Out of the seven, you're the only black female. I'm it. Yeah. I'm it. Probably. Okay, and I work twelve-hour shifts, you know, rotating shifts. I don't know anything about it. My whole crew, uh, I work on crew in a crew, and I'm on the sea crew. I'm in converting towel. I'm the only female, the only black. Okay. I don't think anything about it. You know, it's just, you know, in You don't world, think about it. It's, it's, it's a way
1: of life, yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm.
8: But to say that you're proud that we've hired 60 people over the past four years, and out of the 60 people, there's 2 African Americans. I that. I thought it was and boys. You know, You know, so um, afterwards, he came and hunted me down. And I wanted to tell him about the smirk. And I said, I can't be proud of that. You know, I said because I'm on the interviewing board, and I don't see me coming through the door. You know, I said first of all, not just black. I didn't, you know, I don't see any women coming through this door. You know, and he said, well, what do you think we need to do? I said, no, you tell me what you think we need to do. You know, and so he, when he was ta- when he told me that he was he would be willing to help me come up with a plan. So I thought, well, I reach out to the next center
1: mm-hmm. and work together. Have you a job fair or something?
8: Help, yeah. help us come up with a plan. Because a lot of it
1: is training. You know, uh, That's an excuse though. They could train whoever they want don't to train don't you. Don't
8: train anymore. That, That's gone on the wayside because in high school you can go to the technical school and they do it. But these kids have to understand that not like mine, I have one that's all about academics and I have one that really wants to be all about
4: basketball.
8: <laughs> you know, but I don't want to, you have to have it balanced. So these kids, and it's being allowed for them to come in and just focus on sports. As long as we're winning, yeah, you know, As long as we're winning, you're good. You know, we, we'll fix this, we'll fix that. But instead, they should be not everybody's college bound, okay? But they need to. Be informed that there's another, you know, avenue. You know, we. I'm a machine
2: operator.
8: Mm-hmm. When I went to school, I was all about. Um, I was going to be my secretary. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I took all the business classes. I mean, I'm all over that. Then I got out there and the a lot. i thought, I'm well, I don't like being closed up. You mm-hmm. know. That. So that's that's what I did. I, I just think that the information needs to be out there, and I think that maybe you all could help.
3: That's a that's an excellent idea.
9: I want to jump in on, piggyback on that. I've been on interview panels where I see people, not not even not race related. I'm just saying, you said it's training. To me, it's about coaching somebody how to approach an interview. And you get people who just show up. You know, I, I hear you want a job, and they show up and they don't know anything about the company. They don't really want right. the job, and. And we've actually like for some jobs had mm-hmm. them walk out you mean this is a, a shift work and we're right. going to be up we may be operating Christmas Day you know, so they, get, get up and they walk right out of an interview and they are like oh my gosh <laughs> no, you know how do they not know right. and so to do me not coaching, the homework? yeah the homework the preparation but how they even present themselves when they go into an interview mm-hmm. if they you're talking about your students right. dressing up, you know, things like that. Right. How they project themselves or even sit, you know, all those different things make a, an impression. So coaching I, to me for that is, is important. A whole other I aspect.
3: have put, um, I have been doing a professional development day for teens workshop. Uh, just recently did it in June of last year, uh, for teens. Um, and it it talks about how you present yourself and how, what you say and you know you smile you and if you can't get a job you do volunteer work because that looks good on the resume. So I would bring in different companies, Kroger's, Wendy's, uh, Red Cross, United Way came in uh, as the volunteer piece of it. Uh, so we have to talk about maybe doing. One sure. of those type of workshops during a job fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's like four hours, but I'm, I'm sure we can get it cut down.
8: And it may not sound like that's racially related, but actually it is because uh, I've been on Sightface since my kids have been in school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have, you know, we grew up, you, know, you have a white neighborhood over here, a black neighbor over mm-hmm. here, so it's not like, I mean, we just, that doesn't mean anything to us. But, you know, I have the white friends that they have uh, Friday night or Thursday night, study night, you know, all the kids, all the white kids are there, you know, they white my kids, but my kids,
6: you know, you, have, you just,
8: it sounds good, but like I had to like tell my uh, HR rep, because I had said something in a meeting about we're not hiring, and I don't want to hear the excuse that we're not blind, because I know was applying, you know. But uh, I told her to reverse the role. I asked her. I said, you, "You." I said, "I want you to tell me that you could come in here." You know, she's she's uh, petite blonde uh, from the Fortville area. I said, you gonna tell me that you could come in here on Friday night back and work in a department with 16 black men? You can't tell me that, but that's what I do. You know, i go back Friday next Friday night, and all my coworkers are white males. You know, I'm, I'm we're we all buddies. I know the wives. We talk. You know that kind of thing. But when it works, all right at home. You know, and I, but it's it's not for everybody. But you know, they need to they need to recognize that. that you know, we have an issue here.
1: But that's the reality of the world we live in and the fact that you said something to her is very powerful because I, Like I said, I can tell you how many times I've been the token. I remember when I first started at Applebee's, I was the only black person out in the front of that restaurant for a solid year before I noticed. Just because, you know what I'm saying? It's just a part of, I never paid attention to it Mm -hmm. because there were Mm -hmm. black people in the back, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm, you know, and I'm cool with everybody, you know? That's just how I was (laughs) brought up. But then I look around and I'm like, hold on now. And I talked to them and I went back to the manager and and I told her, I said, Did you realize that I'm the only black person? (laughs) I didn't notice it. I'm I'm sure you did, but what I'm telling you is, (laughs) you need to change that immediately, or I'm gonna have to call somebody because that's not right. I've seen African-Americans come in here for interviews. You know what I'm saying, I've seen it, you know? So it's not like you don't have the option. Don't tell me that it's their resume. This is Applebee's, you will hire whatever, you know? (laughs) So, but it's but that's the re, that's the reality of the world we live in and it takes a, it takes a, an African American to th- call them out right. on what they're doing. Because a lot of them will try to say that, oh, it's just how it is. Or like you say, oh, it's training, or it's this, or they don't come out to interviews. You have to tell her, no, I know you're lying to me. Right. I, I realize that they put in these applications because they've asked to use me as a reference. Right. You can't yeah. tell me that you're not getting them. Yeah. So, so you really have to buckle down and you have to let these people know. I use the NAACP all the time, especially since my mom's been the president. Now, do you understand that my mother is the president of the NAACP? <laughs> (laughs) You need to, but that's the reality. Because until you, until you put that in their face. You, know, you gotta let somebody you know. Action can be taken. You know, you can't do this. You're not allowed to do this. You can't say that. And it's—I mean—in school, at work, it's everywhere you go, and it's become so ingrained in the culture. You know, because you have to understand. My grandparents can still tell me about uh, throwing popcorn at the white people over at, in the separated movie theater, and the fact that my grandfather's still living or my grandmother can talk about separated schools. It's
3: not that far away. You know what I'm saying? So you. Well, it's you not that far.
1: No, you still because have these kids I, that are
3: being raised. Like- I remember. Um, I mean, I'm of the era where uh, we went to Beach Bend Park, and uh, we could not drink at the water fountain. That uh, I could, you know, and I, I didn't understand that. My my parents, it's uh, six. We there's six children, and you know, it's I like, why is there, you know, for colored only and for white only? So. I am a part of that, and I remember that. But we also, as a people, have to also remember that we came from kings and queens. Mm -hmm. Black Panther, you know, when I first saw that, when I saw this movie, I went by myself, and I'm thinking it's going to be, um, you know, Black Panther, during the day, he worked at google or something you know or he was working at the newspaper and then at night he did these wonderful things to help folks but that's not the way it was so i was a little confused about that so after you know i left the theater i said well that was different you know and then the more i thought about it i liked it it was we have to see more of that and we have to understand that we as African-American people came originally from Africa. We were kings and queens and we were, Black Panther Show that we are intelligent folks. So we have to make sure that we are on on our game when mm-hmm. we are going for interviews and yeah. jobs. And the Nebula Center is going to help to be a part of that. Um, I am very interested in doing a job there. I am very interested in coaching and developing because that is what it's about. And when we are there, making sure that that we are seen, and, mm-hmm. and we want you to know that we are there, and we have we have just as much, if even if not more, because we always have to work harder. I have always had to work harder in order to get where I wanted to go. But my my stance was, if you can do it, I can do it too. Because you are not any smarter, and I may be a little bit smarter, you know? So I know that I can do it, so Betty. One last thing to what he had said, and you followed
0: up on it, but
6: having
0: routinely, having trainings for how you dress for a job, how you conduct yourself in the interview. We did that with the Job Training Partnership Act, and it's amazing how ignorant a lot of young people are about that you can't go in with your (laughs) jeans on, or you can't just go in and work half a day. A lot of young people just don't get it. So that would be one of the most useful things, I think, that the center could do is to train people,
8: for A, how to do an interview, and what, what job involves. A and on the flip of that, I, I interviewed a girl about 10 years ago. She came in for manufacturing. Manufacturing. She had on some stilettos. Uh, she had on big, <laughs> big bangle earrings, and her nails were out to here. I thought, you know, you, know, you ain't doing anybody's work. went through it.
3: Right. Did you have a question, Did. So thank you, thank you
6: And I encourage you to follow up on this conversation because I certainly intend to, and uh, hopefully we'll see all of you back next month on the 20th of March and watch the library website and maybe the the uh, Facebook page for AAUW and for the Neblitz Center. We'll make sure that they get involved in this collaboration. And uh, we'll
3: see you next month. Thank you. I'll take tomorrow.
7: <laughs>
3: <laughs> You're on salary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What time is it? <laughs>